I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hi, this is Rob Paulson, voice actor, and you folks are listening to Nerdy Show. Don't you have good taste? Welcome to Nerdy Show, a podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. Hey, I'm Doug. Hey, I'm Josh. And welcome to Nerdy Show. Yay! Woo! All right, so this is RPG Month. What does that mean? Well, that means that from Nerdy Show the show, we are doing all role-playing centric episodes. So, you know, we do a lot of uh, tabletop role-playing podcasts here at the show, and uh, we don't often get a chance to actually talk about tabletop role-playing specifically outside of, you know, playing it. So this month we're going to be doing some shows based around that and uh, talking with different people who are doing exciting things inspired by tabletop role-playing. In this episode, we're talking to Chamber Band, a band whose entire song catalog is based around medieval fantasy role-playing. If you're tuning in for the first time, Hex and I are frequent hosts of Nerdy Show. We're characters on Dungeons and Doritos, our epic tabletop role-playing podcast. And uh, Doug and Josh are from our Ghostbusters role-playing podcast, Ghostbusters Resurrection. Hello. Woo-wee. <laughs> Woo-wee. Woo-wee. So in, in addition to talking with Chamber Band, we're also going to be doing a Nerdy Show Microsode. That's a 15-minute discussion chosen by you, the fans. We'll get into how all that goes down a little bit later, but we're going to be talking about Munchkins. It's uh, an RPG terminology that we'll talk about. We'll talk about later. Yeah. We're also in the next episode going to be talking to the creative team behind Rat Queens, an amazing RPG inspired comic series by Curtis Wiebe and Rock Upchurch. So we're going to have those guys on. And uh, seriously, if you haven't picked up Rat Queens, do it now. The trade's coming out in early April. It's gotten a lot of awards last year for being an awesome comic book, and it's earned every single damn one of them. So I'm very excited to be talking to those dudes. Also, this month, we're going to be doing a panel at Megacon called Potions, Proton Packs, and Pokeballs, Yeah, which is, uh, I believe, at 5 mm. on Saturday. Check our community updates on Nerdy Show to get the exact information, the room number, and all that. And that is a panel specifically about tabletop role-playing podcasts. We're going to have all the, uh, the Pokeballs of Steelix, the Ghostbusters Resurrection, and the Dungeons and Doritos represented there. What? What? <laughs> also this month is an RPG support drive. It's back. That means you guys get to choose what role-playing system we play next for an RPG one-off. The Nerdy Show Network is listener-supported. That means that every month we need a minimum amount to keep the whole network alive, but we like to play special games sometimes, and um, our first one that we ever did was Paranoia XP. That's available currently. We just recorded the second one you guys requested, Call of Cthulhu. That was such a marathon recording we're pretty sure it's going to turn into a reoccurring miniseries on Nerdy Show. What? Well, because because the five and a half hour recording that we did, <laughs> the complications of editing and and releasing that, it. Colin and I've been talking, Doug. We think we're going to have to turn it into a miniseries. I, if you guys can do it, go go for it. I'm just like surprised that it's supposed to be a one. It's called a one off, not a micro, not a, it, not a miniseries we, off. We guys. <laughs> Do, do not expect you're getting a miniseries out of this. Yeah, don't, don't, don't make that assumption. It was supposed to be a one-shot. It was, in fact, recorded in one sitting, but it was long, and we don't really know how to release it aside from in small increments. So you guys now get to choose the next system we do, and here's how that works. We have a bunch of suggestions up there on NerdyShow.com. You can donate money to Nerdy Show, and then you decide which system it goes to. If you don't see a system up there that you like, well, then you just write info at nerdyshow.com, 
make sure that it's a system that we can easily get our hands on for uh, for playing it and uh, tell us who would like to add that system to the roster and we'll approve it. All you got to do is make a donation after we approve it and it's good. It's up there. No problem. Full instructions, which please, by all means, read to make sure we're all on the same page at nerdyshow.com. Just check the right hand side of the site to see the banner and everything. We're doing something a little bit different this time. We did this late in the game, last RPG support drive. There's a lot of systems that we want to play, and uh, not a lot of time to play these systems. But different members of the, of the, uh, the entire network have uh, created character profiles. So you, if you want to do us a favor, specific individual members of Nerdy Show, and you think, I like Doug, I like Doug's character, I want to see that, then you can back that. You don't have to have an opinion about the role-playing system. You can just like the character know you want to see that show. For example, Doug's got a character who's a Teenage Mutant Kung Fu monkey named Virgil for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness RPG. That Virgil. RPG system sounds awesome, too. Yeah. It's how Brian Clevenger uh, uh, created Dr. Dinosaur for Atomic Robo. <laughs> and fun fact, the Game Master, Luke, for our Call of Cthulhu campaign, DM'd that very campaign. Oh, wow. Full circle. Uh, <laughs> Josh, uh, you created a Gamma World character. Yes. I, I, a oh system my. I'd never heard of until that moment. Star Child, a lethal, telepathic, and telekinetic baby. Yes. Oh, my God. Because you, you rolled that, right? Like, you, did, you didn't... Yeah, well, in Gamma World, you roll your character, like, what, what their attributes are. It, it's meant to be a quick pick-up-and-go game, but then, like, you roll that character, and then you have to figure out how in any kind of logic it works figure out how the stats define <laughs> exactly the, the the stats basically define your character and you have to figure out how it could possibly make sense and that's where that came from he's a telekinetic baby floats around um <laughs> thinks in the sweet buttery voice of orson welles can, can you give us a demo of star child right now uh sure <clears throat> every time i roll by this area i notice all the rats are larger than normal <laughs> <laughs> they have strange thoughts Mainly about atomic cheese. <laughs> I miss my mother. <laughs> I think that was a load of atomic cheese. <laughs> uh, Channing from Derpy Show wrote a mouse guard character. Ooh. Uh, his mouse guard character is uh, Garen, a young mouse of the guard who wields a fork. <laughs> Brandon created a Shadowrun character. Oh, God. Grundle Taint, a three meter tall, <laughs> cybernetically enhanced troll with no memory of his past and one year to live. <laughs> That sounds like the greatest movie I've never seen. <laughs> Grundle Taint. <laughs> Grundle Taint 2. <laughs> he was dead, but got better. Adam from Ghostbusters, he's got two pitches. One for Firefly, where he plays Roger Sinclair, an ex-brown coat working within Alliance military black ops to sabotage them from the inside. And uh, for Mass Effect, Benjamin Sanders, an N7 Slayer Vanguard, hot-tempered soldier bent on revenge against synthetics. Colin also has a Mass Effect character, Halen Voss, a Volus sharpshooter in the in the Torian military. Ooh. And uh, then our live producer, John Laval, threw his hat in the ring for the fan favorite request that didn't win from last time, Star Wreck. He wants to play Brad, a half-human, half-vulgar, the Vulcan analog, Christian science officer. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Christian science officer. That would never exist in Star Trek. <laughs> but in Star Wreck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Star Wreck. So. Yeah, Star Wreck. So these characters all have full write-ups, little mini bios you can check out. Decide if you want to back a character, if you want to back a system, if you want to suggest your own system. And we're going to be having more character profiles from other members of the Nerdy Show Network all throughout the month. So that is RPG Month. Two awesome RPG episodes from Nerdy Show. Um, episode of Ghostbusters Resurrection is probably coming out. Mm -hmm. And the RPG panel at Megacon and the RPG support drive. Ah, uh, yeah. Dungeons and Doritos, our original beloved role-playing RPG podcast, is bi-monthly now. So the first episode of the new season, or book as we call it, book three, episode one, came out last month. And episode two will come out in April. And if we're lucky in May... We're going to see part one of the Call of Cthulhu miniseries. It's going to be epic. It's going to be yeah. big. I don't, even know how, I don't even know how they're going to handle it. it. For a little preview, Doug, you play a farmhand. Yes. An illiterate farmhand. <laughs> illiterate farmhand, very good in an investigation situation. Yeah, he had, he had a lot of credit, which meant that uh, he was very popular with the townsfolk. And the ladies. Uh, well, potentially, but you, know, you, have to, you have to hear the game to find out how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> 
I played uh, Cyril Bridgewater, a uh, a jazz musician uh, who's down on his luck. And uh, Kay, who you may remember from our Paranoia XP one shot, she played a book dealer. All of us live in a boarding house together, by the way. <laughs> and um, Rule, the game master of Dungeons and Doritos, the first time we've had him on the show for anything other than Dungeons and Doritos, I think, he played a uh, former dishonorably discharged FBI agent. They called it just the Bureau before it was the Federal Bureau. Right. Okay. Yeah. From from the Bureau. Yes. And last but definitely not least, Brandon plays father grandfather, a Bible salesman. <sighs> Doug is shaking his head. He's he's a he's a Bible salesman of a short stature. One may call him a Munchkin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you could say he's Munchkin shaped, but more on that later in the episode. First, let's talk to Chamber Band. I'm Chris Asar. Chris and Asar, welcome to the show. It's been a long time coming. You guys uh, rocked our world late uh, 2013 when your album Deities came out. It made it onto the higher end of our uh, top 20 nerdy things of the year, actually. That was very flattering. That was incredible. Yeah, it definitely made my mother proud. Yay! <laughs> we aim to please mothers. Yeah, no, so some of us more than others. <laughs> Is that, is that not a catchphrase now? That's is, not I an official show director. No. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. That <laughs> so Chamber Band is a five-piece. Uh, Chris, Asar, uh, also Ellen, Sam, and Anthon. You guys are based out of New York City, and all your music is uh, influenced heavily by medieval fantasy role-playing. This is the truth. At least the last album is very, very influenced by medieval fantasy role-playing, specifically Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> I've been saying about the record, Deities, that your sound is kind of like, what if the Decemberists wrote about, you know, they did their folk rock music, but instead of being about typical folk rock discussions, it was all that same vibe, but there was an element of medieval fantasy, Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards and Warlocks, Mazes and Monsters, whatever other dual fantastic combinations you can come up with. <laughs> that's, I think that's a really apt comparison. I mean... Just a nerdy guy singing in that high-pitched, yelpy voice <laughs> with, with, like, a band really giving it their all. That's pretty close, right? Gets the people going. It does get the people going, yeah. I was pretty impressed by the actual range of sounds that you guys had over the, uh, the entire album, like Asmodeus. And it sounds kind of like you're moving between Beirut and, like, Jeff Buckley. Uh, but Go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the vocal styling is definitely more in the Decemberists, except for some, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the, I think it was Petitioner, where uh, it, it sounds like uh, almost Louisiana accent when you're singing. Louisiana, yeah, wow. maybe that's my Arizona coming out. I think so, it's the Southern in you. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> it's that's very our, good. That is our hoedown song. It is kind of a hoedown song. I'm curious, how, you, how did you guys, what drew the band together, made you decide, we want to produce a really high-quality album of medieval fantasy folk rock? I was, <laughs> I, I started writing, um, writing the songs when I was still living in L.A. I realized it had been like 10 years since, I was 15 years old when I had my first girlfriend, and I started playing guitar, and I started playing Dungeons and & Dragons, and so I, I realized that that 10-year anniversary was coming up, and what did I have to show for it? So <laughs> I, um, I realized that this would be the ultimate thing to show for it, is I would combine all three and start writing songs. And I didn't really realize it was going to be like a full album or anything. I, I just started writing, um, I think Enoch, who and Asmodeus were the first songs I started writing, and then I just couldn't stop. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I, I just, I literally couldn't stop. I just thought it, I honestly, like, I thought it was funny. I thought it was like, it would just be a funny thing that I could play at parties for people and, and that they, you know, would get kick out of it. And maybe we would, you know, I'd meet someone that played D and D and that would be cool. But after that, I, I just started playing it in, in New York and I did it to kind of blow off steam because I had just moved here and Anthony and his brother, James went and saw me at this, this place called the, uh, the living room. And they were like, hey, you need a band. You need to start a band. <laughs> <laughs> you know what like, you need? Employees. You, right. <laughs> you need more people to round it out. So we, we did that for a while. And then Sam, our drummer, came out and he said, hey, you need a drummer. You need someone to keep a beat. And we're like, hey, yeah, I guess we do. And then the answer was like, hey, 
Well, I guess you went to UA, so we're like... Yeah, he, I was like an independent contractor for a while. The first time I heard a Chamber Band song, I think you guys had already like recorded a demo or something. Yeah. And um, I was at a party with Sam. It was like in the in like the peak of a party, you know? Or like the part that people remember. (laughs) There was, I don't know, maybe like some really, really loud song playing at this party. And he's like, oh, you should hear this band. I mean, we just did a really sick demo. And he like turns it off, turns off the the music and puts on Constitution. But like nitty gritty Constitution before it got really pretty. And I was like blown away. And like, I just remember this whole party stopping and being like, party foul, no music. And then the music comes on. (laughs) Okay resume <laughs> and that's what i knew like it's something i should do like if like you know you could turn off the music and turn it on you know and people would be like no this is good nice. it seems like a good way to go that's a good test yeah yeah, yeah. It's a good test. i think from now on when people ask you how you formed the band you should say well we were all in a tavern and one of us saw a poster that said yeah. adventuring minstrels needed <laughs> oh, that's much better than story way better so. story yeah <laughs> The, well, the, the problem, though, is that a group of five bards would never get anything done in a in a D&D game. No, never. That's true. They'd be super buffed, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I now want to play a campaign where everyone's a bard. So it's like you go into it, you go in somewhere, and it's like all the goblins or all the orcs come out. And it's like, we're going to put on the best show these guys have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> they never get past level one. They're just continuously killed. <laughs> <laughs> but they get laid all the time. They get laid. <laughs> can, can we just, like, count that as EXP? Depending on the DM, yeah. yeah. Yeah, our, our DM would definitely allow that. So, I yeah, think- if, that, if that's an objective, you've completed it. You yeah. know? Then you win the game. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure the comparison must have been drawn before, but I, I think it sounds like you guys uh, properly partied up to form the band. So that's quite cool that it just developed organically. There was needs and they were fulfilled. And now you guys have made an awesome, awesome album. Thank you. Yeah, we, we've had that question asked before of like, you know, what class would you be? <laughs> no one ever asked us right. what race we would be. No, yeah, that is weird. <laughs> what Although class? I could answer that question too. Oh, what race would be? Oh, yeah, Let's, easy. What race would you be? Halfling, <laughs> like rogue. I want to climb stuff, but I want to climb stuff fast. <laughs> I don't wear shoes. Even though I really like wearing shoes in life, but I feel like in this fantasy realm, I don't want to be wearing shoes. And I want two daggers. Two. <laughs> two. That's a little greedy, don't you think? Well, I mean, he is a halfling rogue. Oh, that's so. true. You know what? You're right. I just think, how can you steal things if, you, if your hands are full of daggers? Well, first well, you you quickly dagger somebody. and <laughs> <laughs> You steal, <laughs> then retrieve the dagger. Uh, hold this for me. Thank you. <laughs> you should play with us. We get detailed. <laughs> that would be awesome. Does everybody play tabletop role-playing? It's a strong no. Yeah. No, we definitely don't. Um, we do not. All. I mean, they... We all do. I guess we we play settlers more than we play anything else. A lot of settlers. We've kind of been forced into. A lot of settlers. We make we make names for our, like for our settlements though. <laughs> I definitely, or at least I internally do that every time. That's Just, true. That's the name of this. It's like a civilization game for me. Yeah. You name every metropolis that I, you have. Oh yeah. Do you ever have to explain the lyrics to your bandmates? You know, they went a long time. I guess this is like the, this is the great thing about it is that they didn't even know that the lyrics were D and D. They didn't even realize <laughs> what was happening. They were joining just because they liked the songs. And I don't know when did you even realize? I knew from the beginning, but I was down from the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it, <laughs> was just cool, it was just cool to me. Did anyone get outraged? Like, what? This is geek music. What the heck, man? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish that someone had caused, I mean, I wish I had to stand my ground and really defend it because it would have, I think, opened up a lot of doors for me. <laughs> but um, no, everyone's just like, hey, that's cool, man. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah, I think in 2014, anything is allowed. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Robert Plant ever had to defend singing about Lord of the Rings. That's it's true, like, yeah. It's kind of, you I know. just like the image, though, of John Bonham going like, whoa, 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 this is book music? realizing that everyone else is a secret nerd (laughs) we are exactly like blood zeppelin (laughs) identical in every respect Uh, so this album's great but it dips in and out of uh breaking the fourth wall and stuff uh that Mm -hmm. you mentioned rolling a lot and you know the actual gameplay of it while in the same song going back to what your character sees Mm -hmm. would you ever consider making a established canon to write songs about like a world uh for your music to inhabit Whoa. 
I would not. I had just now I'm considering it. Now I have to consider it. <laughs> yeah. An established canon, you mean like kind of in the same medieval world in which we've created a world in which the songs live? Yes. Yeah. And like you, you build like stories that it, have continuity <laughs> between themselves. But basically, if, if, you, if you told me, oh yeah, all of these different tracks on this album, they all are parts of different, you know, stories that I've told that I've lived in, in my world <laughs> of role playing, I would believe you. Well, I mean, believe it. I mean, it's 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 my life. You know, it's like those. I didn't like write based on legends or on like games that I played. They're based on you know girls I've dated. So I mean, which, it is. Which it, girlfriend it is was Yinogu? <laughs> you know, Yinogu is about like you know. There's this girl and she's real pretty, but there's no, the only way you're gonna get to her is setting the village on fire. You know. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way you gotta go. Yeah, that's like my ex-wife. <laughs> so I mean, not to shoot down the question, but I mean, it's like that. I think that it, it doesn't happen one world, and that world mm-hmm. is, is is me from age twenty to twenty-three. Well, was it? I think it's more like this album was a like a collection of short stories. Yeah, you know, all in the same zone. Oh, okay. I think it's more like you, you trying to write a book anytime soon. I'd love to write a book. Guys, let's write a book. Let's write a book. <laughs> Do it. I dare you. Right now? Right now. Let's write a book right now. Let's all just say a word. <laughs> let's all say a word, and then we'll uh, gradually form sentences. I'll begin. There. Once. Had. There once had? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been. Okay. There once had been. Love it. Many. There once had been many more. Then <laughs> no one wants to, nobody wants to use like a real noun. No, we're not trying to get to any Did points that, here. Okay, we got away. There, there once had been many more bears. That's 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 better than call me Ishmael. Right? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There, there once had been many more bears, but now circus lions. <laughs> that's that's two words. Oh, I'm sorry, lions. <laughs> They're lions. They're lions. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Period. Why? <laughs> that's like a back. That's a book jacket back. I think. Ooh. I love did, it. Did we just write a haiku? I think that's how, what it's feeling like. <laughs> Let's not count those syllables. Let's just say it is a haiku. Uh, well, I, <laughs> sorry, I'm counting on my fingers. <laughs> now is a pretty good time to cut to a track so you guys can hear what Chamber Band are all about since we were talking about it. How about Inogu? That was a demo by Chamber Band. <laughs> That's the original, the original demo. Just me clapping. Wiz 18. One, two, three, Wiz 18. One, two, three, Wiz 18. Destroyer, destroy me for turning from you. I made him a beauty, a love no abyss could undo. Oh, master of mine, please give me a sign. Oh, grant me the strength to go into town and steal the one that I love away. So badly, her magic, I cannot resist. I have to be with her. To have her is my only wish. Oh, master of mine, please give me a sign. I'll grant me the strength to go into town and steal the money I love away. I fumble, 
so if the songs aren't really in a magical world that you guys have created specifically with, like, with, with his own canon. It's his life, we, Doug. It's well, his I know life. I'm saying, no, I'm saying now that we got that out of the way and answer that question, does that mean that we'll never get to hear like the in-world songs, like your own version of the Dragonborn comes, sort of like the chamber music that would be in the world created by chamber band? Ooh. Whoa, I mean, that sounds great. You guys are really working really hard to give me some sweet ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Which as trying- long as we have some kind of liner note, like reference, like thanks to their nerdy show for being awesome. <laughs> no, y'all are producers we'll now. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, let's Wait, let's talk about production. <laughs> <laughs> the album sounds great. We recorded at bass hit and then Lodge mastered it. That's not. I assume that's not your average production house. Lots of big, big names come out of that place. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, we were in good company. I think we were there when they won. Well, they realized that they'd won a, a, a Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was really upset because we had apparently had just missed Justin Timberlake. <laughs> oh, man. Just walked out. He just walked out when we you, walked in. You and could I was have had an awesome thing. collab. He could have been an elf. <laughs> uh, if you guys could get any celebrity to come in and like collab with you guys any, any musical celebrity to come in and just lay down one track like uh like like a rap group you know featuring so and so featuring so and so or like bowie just hovering in the background of that arcade fire song exactly <laughs> <laughs> who would you pick that's a really good question i i knew the answer for me immediately yeah go ahead oh my god kanye west <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> Immediately. Like, I would love it. I'll take, I'll take any excuse to meet Kanye West. Brilliant. <laughs> I just like, I want to I bring like Celine Dion in. Just so oh, like, that's good too. That's a good route. I just like the idea of like chamber band featuring Celine Dion. Like, <laughs> well, if you guys get a penny whistle in one of your songs, I mean, it doesn't sound very far off. <laughs> It really is. That's true. If she's out there, if you're listening, if you're listening. Celine, she's a regular well, subscriber. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nerdy show, so of course she's listening. <laughs> we have a very strong French Canadian listenership. <laughs> <laughs> it's only one person, and that person is Celine Dion. <laughs> she's very strong. Oh my God, she's so strong in heart. Greatest singer in the world. Self-titled. That's what she says. She says she's the greatest singer in the world. Well, I think it's easier to say that now that Whitney Houston's dead. <laughs> oh. right. I, I was trying to bring anybody down I'm just, <laughs> that's the truth with with it she says she's the greatest singer in the world i can't really say no can't really say yes but i can't say no either there once had been many bears by chamber band featuring celine dion <laughs> <laughs> the song about preservation <laughs> and uh, and the follow-up like, lions um, by chamber band featuring kanye west yes <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> In addition to deities, you guys recently put out Bit Pantheon, a chiptunes version of your record. And How you- did that come around? Ooh, five a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we it was we started recording it at the end of recording deities, so we just like, like right after we were like, okay, that's cut, and it was like four thirty a.m. and we're like, all right. And we're like, put our jackets on. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're like, okay. Yeah. That was fun, guys. And then, like, I don't remember what happened. I think Mike was like, hey, this keyboard's set up to do, like, 8-bit sounds. And we're like, oh, okay. Well, what kind of 8-bit sounds? <laughs> yeah. And then I cut to an hour later. And then we're just like, all right, wait, lay that down again. Okay, a little bit faster, Sam. A little bit faster. <laughs> and then we were just like, oh, we should just release this one song. We should release it. And then we played it before a show that we had. We're like, whoa. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. That was your birthday. It was my birthday, yeah. Mm-hmm. Last it year. was a beautiful moment. Chris walks into the show to like play, and the song is playing. Oh my God, Fog Machine, Fog Machine, Fog, fog machine. machine. And so we just like, we went off that. We we're like, okay, let's just do a whole album of it. We'll discover, <laughs> we'll discover the album. <laughs> and it's been a huge financial success. Yeah. Really? No, it hasn't. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Said that with so much honesty. (laughs) I'm so dry sometimes. I didn't mean to be. But it was fun. That's we did. We did it for fun, and and we're so freaking glad we have it. And a lot of a lot of the credit goes to Mike Flannery because he's our producer, and and he pushed it 100. percent You mentioned earlier that uh, your music right now is medieval fantasy. What else have you been working on? What does the future for Chamber Band look like? We've got some new stuff out. If you go to our our YouTube channel, you can you can check out our new tunes. We're currently working on um, 
I don't know. Is it an EP? It's an album. It's a collection of songs written and recorded between 2013 and 14. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> we're figuring out what it is, but we've got some songs that we're, we're big fans of, and uh, they take place they take place in another world, different world. Any hints? <laughs> uh, it's the world. It's the, the Hunger Games. It takes place in the world of the Hunger Games, honestly. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And kind of like that dystopian youth lit world. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Almost well, like Aldous Huxley, Brave New World. Yeah, like our bassist Anthony is obsessed with that stuff. He's more obsessed mm-hmm. with the Huxley stuff than the, the Hunger Games stuff. I was more like, I just read the Hunger Games. And so he's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so it's wrapping up like Didi's in the same way in which if you've read the books or you've read any of that kind of genre, you kind of are, you can pick it up, you can pick up that language, but. It's more about the feel of it, and it's more about the songs themselves and the truth behind the feelings than it is about, like, you know, dropping references and stuff. Yeah, I think no matter which way we put it, you know, whether it's a deity song or a new song, the songs have a lot of human heart in them that are pretty much universal to anyone with feelings, whether or not you know about the Dungeons and Dragons or the Hunger Games or anything like that. That's one of the reasons I've been pushing chamber band so hard to people is that uh, you guys do seem to put songwriting first. There's no novelty to it. If there's any novelty, it's secondary. You're just writing well-constructed, thoughtful songs. Thank you. Yeah, we didn't want it just to be shtick, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't come across as shtick at all. I do have a question about your D&D experience, though. Do you have a favorite edition? The edition that I have played the most is 3.5, although 4, I guess, kind of has crept up. I'm actually, I like the new one a lot. Uh, I get, maybe I just like the campaign that I'm playing right now, but I think 3.5 is the one I've played the most. Cool. Is that a satisfactory answer? No. (laughs) (laughs) You must now say why you hate the others. No. (laughs) You're a true D&D player, sir. You will answer with hate. (laughs) I I mean, I'm all about the story and I'm I'm all about the people. And I guess like the, the party that erupts when you're, when you're playing a game and you're forgetting the rules. I'm really bad at keeping track of stats. I always have to have a DM that's kind of keeping on top of me and be like, oh, well, that's a a level two spell that you've already cast. And like, you know, you have this many slots. And I'm like, what? I want the slot. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you? How are you learning something? And then you have a slot for it. Then you just say it. So like that stuff just like confuses the hell out of me. So I'm always just like, I'm the guy at the table that's role-playing, even when we shouldn't be role-playing and, you know, just kind of doing all that stuff. So anytime a game kind of frees me up to do that, and I think 4 kind of has its head up its butt and it's a little too much on, on the numbers and stuff like that. So, but any, any of them can be, can be made to be like free, you know, more story oriented. I personally agree that the, the third generation was more about the role playing side than the numbers. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. Fight. (laughs) Fight. Uh, some of us at Nerdy Show actually like learned to role play on the air. Uh, we hadn't done any role playing until we recorded our show Dungeons and Doritos for the first time. We directly, uh, saw the effects of fourth edition being so cumbersome so number based so much uh, wow on paper <laughs> wow such numbers <laughs> hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. (laughs) Uh, We eventually scrapped it for a a system made by a local fella that was very role-playing centric. It was such a strong experience for those of us who hadn't touched role-playing before. 
that we really just wanted to live in the characters and, and not be burdened like that. And also it was better radio. Yeah. I mean, there, I think there are a lot of people that find comfort in numbers and, and comfort in a system and find the role playing aspects to be just something they can't even begin to understand. But I grew up in acting and all that kind of stuff. And I'm a performer and everyone I hang out with is, is a performer. So that's just the part that I love the most. If you guys were ever considering like shifting gears to like, say, Shadowrun Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like Jefferson Airplane changed to Jefferson Starship to meet with that new flavor. Ooh. Yeah. How would Chamber Band change its name in that vein to meet with a Cyberpunk Shadowrun type of universe? Oh my God. Chamber Gun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like that. Winner. Like a winner. I was, I was, cyber Band is I was good ready too, to veto Cyber Band. <laughs> I like Cyber Band. <laughs> Not bad. I like it. <laughs> cyber Gun sounds pretty cool too. Amber <laughs> Bandwidth. Ooh. Oh. Wow. So now is a good time for us to switch gears a little bit. We're going to do a microsode. That's where you, the beloved Nerdy Show listening audience, have supported Nerdy Show with a generous contribution and timed it just so in our deadly game of fates, wherein you get to decide what we talk about for 15 minutes. In this case, the illustrious M requested that we talk about munchkins. He says... The RPG ones, not the nasty things in Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Which is quite harsh, M. Jesus. Nasty things in Wizard of Oz. (laughs) And that little dog, too. (laughs) So I was was confused when he wrote this. I I had to look it up. For me, Munchkin is a card game made by Steve Jackson. But it is, in fact, that the card game is named after an RPG terminology. Which is, I will tell tell our listening audience, uh, a player who plays what is intended to be a non-competitive game in an aggressively competitive manner. A munchkin seeks within the context of the game to amass the greatest power, score the most kills, and grab the most loot, no matter how detrimental their actions are, to role-playing, the storyline, fairness, or the other player's enjoyment. And that completely unbiased description is from Wikipedia. Wow. Isn't that what that guy's (laughs) doing on Jeopardy right now? <laughs> that that game is for money. <laughs> yeah, but he wants to score the most, no matter who it hurts. And, and, well, yeah, and it, who it hurts. Competitive. That's it's true. Not it is like competitive. they're like, okay, yeah, guys, yeah. we got to answer these questions together. for the kids. It's for the kids. In his defense, in the thirty years of Jeopardy, someone had to do it. It's yeah, true. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Munchkins, the experience. Like I said earlier, some of us on Nerdy Show have we're only playing for the first time on the air. We've we had some experience with crazy players. I don't know if we've experienced an outright munchkin. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I mean, in D&D, no, but I definitely see that in, like, Pokeballs of Steelix. Yeah, our, our Pokemon role-playing show? Yeah. yeah. Tony comes to mind. Oh, God, yes. Like, his character is straight up a oh. munchkin. He's all in it for himself and just grabbing whatever good he can get and move on. That's true. I'm hearing, oh, God, yes, you guys... Uh, uh, oh God, yes, Pokemon RPG, or Oh God, yes, you're familiar with the uh, the Pokemon RPG. Well, I'm familiar in the way that I've played a lot of Pokemon in my day, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm just horrible to my Pokemon. I trained like <laughs> when I heard <laughs> when I just found out about Munchkins, I realized that that was me to the T with almost every RPG that I've played. <laughs> Like, I breed so many of the same Pokemon just so I can get specific stats perfectly. It's like micromanaging. There have been spreadsheets. It's real. (laughs) Well, don't feel bad about being mean to the Pokemon, because isn't that what every Pokemon trainer does, is make them fight? Like, isn't every trainer mean to their Pokemon? Don't fade, Chikorita! You get back up right now, you cocksucking whore! (laughs) It's horrible. Yeah, Pokemon, if you really think about it, is one of the meanest things in the world. It is a terrible, mean game, yeah. You're basically basically Michael Vick times a million. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, they threw Michael Vick in jail for that, and now these Pokemon trainers run around. We got arguing all trying to be the very best. They're romanticizing dog fights. (laughs) And cockfights. Cockfights, But these dogs really want to fight. Yeah, they're like, they love you the more you fight with them. Yeah. <laughs> dogs love fighting. Being mean to Pokemon is not the same as being mean to, like, other Pokemon. I mean, it seems like the Munchkin, a Munchkin is someone who is just, like, ruining the game for, for their own. Else. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, normally when you're playing Pokemon, you're Pokemoning by yourself. If you had a team of other Pokemon trainers that you're working with, and you're like, hey, look at that. It's all of the items just lying around on the ground. They're all for me now. Mm-hmm. If you're the jackass that goes, oh, cool, here's all the legendary Pokemon. I caught them. Fuck you guys. 
I'm totally a munchkin. <laughs> yeah, like, really? Yeah, totally. Oh my god, horribly in 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 tabletop. But that's like I know it. So like, what I'll do in order not to ruin everybody's fun is I'll pick a class that won't benefit from stealing from everybody else's class. So like, mm. I'll I'll usually pick support classes and then I'll just min max them until they're ridiculous. But nobody gets mad because I'm through doing that I'm helping everybody. <laughs> but I get to I get to have my own little private number war. You know? <laughs> Like uh, Doug and I were actually playing a D and D game, and it, there were seven players. It was horrible. That was more. It was eight at one point. There was eight. It players. was a fun game. Don't get me wrong. It, it was yeah. fun. No, it was a really fun game. But so I picked naturally Warlord, which is an absurd support class, and I just made the DM's life a living hell because yeah, <laughs> it was it was awful. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm absolutely a Munchkin. But I, I have I have social rules Where, that I, think, I, I think you by. but when you play a warlord you became a munchkin who rised above being a munchkin <laughs> to where you were like instead of like playing against the other players suddenly it was a game of chess between you and the dm and the players were the the chess pieces because <laughs> you're like because you're because as the warlord you're controlling every player you're like doug hit him again i'm like yes sir and then hit him again and then the dm is like Okay, well then, um, in that case, the Goblin King's gonna, you know, he's gonna take a swing at you, and you're like immediate reaction. Oh, yeah, you're like, you're like, Neil, take now, hit that guy. You hit that guy because you're closer to that guy. Uh, I'm blowing action point, and now uh, you get to hit him again, and if it crits, he dies. You know, like it's just, <laughs> just, just stuff like that where I don't even get to hit anybody. RTM, he's just like grabbing the table. Just, <laughs> like you can see, it was, it was a blast. It, it, it was, was, it was, it was horrible because yeah. like uh, all of my abilities were immediate reactions. Like when something happened, immediate in the fight, interrupt. Yeah, yeah, immediate interrupt. I, I would get to stop what the DM was doing. <laughs> And and have an effect like uh, like I had this ability called no gambit is wasted. And when somebody misses with a with a daily, I can say no, hang on, and I get to hit that target and do damage. And they go, you get that daily back. <laughs> Ooh. Like just stuff like that. I made I, it was a nightmare for the DM. <laughs> I used to play. I I mean, I guess I still do play with this guy, but I used to play with a guy who our rules changed quite a bit in our game as we were playing it. But he would hand me cards for items that he had crafted with the rules of what the item did for him. You ever have that happen? That was crazy. No. I was DM. He would hand me a card and he'd be like, I have just created these goggles. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to see through he's clothing. Like, Ooh. <laughs> he didn't have to ask your permission for that. He just like, I mean, he's like, I did this. He knew that I was like a DM that would go with the most interesting thing. And I, I don't know. I would be like, okay, what do the goggles do? And he's like, they allow me to see treasure through walls. And I'd be like, okay, cool. You know, whatever. <laughs> and then like, you know, once you do it once, that guy's crafting all day. He's crafting every dungeon. <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, on Wikipedia, I read that a game master who constantly awards players large amounts of treasure or powerful magic items without proper backstory or justification can also be called a Munchkin Master. Oh, <laughs> hey. Fuck, I'm a Munchkin Master. <laughs> Munchkin. There's bad. a name for what I am. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel validated? <laughs> no, I feel terrible. <laughs> I just enabled a munchkin. I think it's sweet. That's why that game ended. Something I forgot to do is read what uh, M actually said is his intro to, to this topic. Uh, he wants to know, are munchkins always a force of evil or can there be a light side? Like a guy who will stack their stats to infinity on level one is obviously disruptive. But what about just dicking about with stats for nice combinations or creative, weird or unusual characters? I think Josh actually labeled like a munchkin uh, that, for good. That sounded yeah, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, not not good for the the, the game master, no. but, but for but for the game, it's the game was a blast. That sounded like, was, fascinating. Yeah. 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 Well, that's I think that I mean, I've been a DM long enough that I, I know the kind of player that I am. And that when I DM a game and I see a player like uh, Adam in our game. Mm -hmm. uh, Adam from Ghostbusters, Adam from who Ghostbusters. is yeah. the token wild card of the group to yeah. an extreme. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely a munchkin. And th that guy, you know, that, that they, <laughs> they refer to on 4chan, that you have to enable them by redirecting them. Like you have to, you have to say, okay, listen, you can be the craziest character you want to be. But you, ha you have to play something you've never played before. So I, I convinced him to go down the role of cleric. Mm -hmm. as like the, he wants the biggest numbers he wants the biggest everything you know he's the ultimate min maxer just like me and and when i convinced him to go cleric he was mvp yeah, he, he, yeah. Uh, everybody he was he was he was awesome at everyone that. loved him 
Exactly. So I think that's it's that's like, really my enemy are injuries exactly. on the battlefield. I, I, will, I will cure death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I sometimes <laughs> had that same tendency, and that's why when we went for uh, Dungeons and Dritos, I'm like, I'm going to do a shaman. I'm mm-hmm. going to be someone who is sometimes magic, sometimes healing. That way, no one's like, what the fuck, bro? You're stealing all my kills. We're like, oh, you're also healing me. I appreciate I, I that. I think that's really the true answer there is, is you re- if you can redirect your need to be the munchkin, to be the center of attention to something that fills a support role, it's, I think- It's uh, cooperative, yeah. But also, I think, I think you really not only help G- your group them, succeed- Give them a goal. Give them a goal in a direction that supports the group. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really solve the loot problem, though, does it? Yeah, because uh, they're not going after the same stuff. For instance, uh, like the best Munchkin characters are rogues and barbarians. I mean, that's just high damage, no defense, just go. Like uh, rogues and barbarians just want all the leather and hide and all the the high dollar items that they can get. Money's not that useful to a support character. It's not. It, mm. it, it, it's it's not even that big of a deal. And typically, a support character will pick one weapon they like for an effect that it has and stick with it. Right. They're not going to pick up the uh, the evil sort of fire breathing because it's not going to help a cleric at all mm-hmm. or if they do pick it up it's only because of an if, like the fire breathing effect augments one thing they do really well and that's their whole character shtick you know? right but how does one kill a munchkin as a dm a rock falls uh, like how does that like how does that not that i i feel like a like a the type of person that becomes a munchkin like or or is a munchkin i feel like that's would be the most difficult thing for them to wrap their their head around is like character death you know, doesn't that make sense that like they're just so invested in yeah. you know, getting that character like to level? Oh, they'll flip the table. <laughs> yeah, they'll get mad. Well, the thing, the thing too is that if they die and they're in a support role, mm-hmm. they typically are not going to blame somebody else because right. it was their job to keep people alive. Part of making them step outside their role makes them excited to do it more than once. Yeah, but uh, I could be wrong. N- none of the characters. I mean, I've tried. I-, I haven't killed Adam yet. He's very tough to kill as a result. <laughs> <laughs> He's slippery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I haven't been trying to kill Adam, but it seems like he wants a death wish. Yeah, he, <laughs> it, Ghostbusters is different. You can't min max in Ghostbusters. No, although, yeah, although yeah. Mike somehow system, found yeah. a way. Yeah. Well, like, like a billion he, brownie he fa- points. He found a loophole with with money. Like his goal, his goal was to make money. No one else's goal at first was to make money. Mine was no, not at first. But was I it? spend all my brownie points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he just like starts stockpiling all the brownie points, which are basically like your XP. And then in between seasons, he'll be like, okay, um, I'd like to spend all my brownie points, and I'd like to raise my brain skill <laughs> and um i would like to uh spend it in the talent of c so anytime anyone's trying to look for something hidden or whatever he rolls like 12 dice and it's always like he never rolls lower than like a 25 That's and true. like 30 is like the max you know it, it's 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 ridiculous but it's always fun and i don't think he's trying to ruin the game per se I, w- I wouldn't call him a munchkin no but i don't uh, think it was even intentional to be honest no yeah it was just sort of like why can't I hold all these brownie points? That's really what it became. And I'm like, I gotta stop giving this shit away for free. <laughs> I'm really intrigued by you guys are so smart. Can a can a can a, can a, can a DM be a Munchkin? Yeah, yeah, Munchkin Master. Well, no, I that's mean, different. That's, like, that's someone who is like who Supports recognize. The, yeah, is supporting. That's the drug dealer yeah. to the, oh, to yeah, the yeah. addict. Can the addict be you know and drug dealer be one and the same? Yeah, uh, basically the munchkin is, is somebody who, who tries to build things a certain way, so it's like super overpowered or, or specific or something like that, man. Most DMs are munchkins. It's awful. I watched this. There's this documentary called uh, Dungeon Masters. And there's a guy there where he, oh, just, yeah, yeah. he just sets up a trap, like a room trap. They've been playing this game for seven years. And he's got this room that's like a, a trap or a puzzle or whatever. And he's it was just, like a hundred mirrors or something like that. You know, it was a bunch of doors, like portals or something. Yeah, or something like that. but but he was good friends with all these people. Uh, and he's, he's like, uh, this is his voice. I'm not saying this is how all DMs sound. But he's like, uh, well, I was sitting there and they tried everything. They, <laughs> and they looked at me and they weren't following the clues. They weren't doing it. So they just said, screw it. We're going to go through a door and just ignore the puzzle. And I told him it was a sphere of annihilation and their characters are all dead. So hand in your character sheets, <laughs> and, and and then they cut they cut yeah cut to the guys the players yeah. and they're like we were there for six hours <laughs> like, we, just, like, we tried everything and he sat behind the table arms folded and was just like no no that doesn't do anything no like that's a munchkin DM it's horrible Jesus, that yeah. sounds awful or, or DM who creates a character that that like overshadows does, the oh yeah oh, t- that totally does everything like a like uh. I have this buddy uh, who was totally this guy. He was like, okay, this guy comes in and he kills all the bad guys in like one big move. 
and you know that he's a half dragon were tiger monk. This <laughs> <laughs> exact quote. You, you inherently know that. You can just smell it on him. Yeah. <laughs> half dragon were tiger monk. Dual wielding well, he's got giant that clubs. He's got that monk funk, you know? <laughs> that would be my definition of a munchkin GM. A DM. Uh, yes, a, a DM that needs a story to go a certain way. And if it doesn't go that certain way, you're not going to give him any leeway. You're not going to change the direction. And you have no problem with throwing him out of the sphere of annihilation. Exactly. It's a control freak. Basically. Yeah. 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 I run into those people enough in my day-to-day life. I don't really need them in my game. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, that's one to walk away from for sure. Hex, you mentioned uh, Tony in Pokeballs of Steelix and his character Martin and how obsessed he is with being the very best to a fault. Right. But really, I I was thinking back, dude has nothing on the character Mike was playing when we first started. That's Darren Kobe. Yeah, Darren Kobe. He was was legit going to be the very best. We were like, we got to go on this quest. Professor Ash said, you know, we have to take this egg out in our adventures. And he was like, no, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to get the badge. And then, of course, you know, we fucked it up for him. But... And he ran ahead of everyone. Yeah. Well, the the goal of that game is to be the very best, like no one ever was. <laughs> well, that's the game of Pokemon. This is this is the Pokemon RPG. It's a bit different. It's a game where you 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 know you take a thirty six year old and hang, have him hang out with some kids and. <laughs> Really horrible stuff happens to Officer Jenny. All, this sounds like, like religion. They're all like Pokemon trainers, are they not? <laughs> they were all studying to be Pokemon trainers, yes. So they all do want to be the very best, do they not? Y- yes, yes. Um, it, that, that, that's a very special game that we play. I just want to see the finale <laughs> where they all have to fight each other, is really what it, what it comes <laughs> down to. Every episode is them fighting each other. <laughs> no, that's true. I take it back. <laughs> I would play that game in a heartbeat. <laughs> hey, that you, sounds so good. You want to you you guest on it? <laughs> Oh my god. Yes. What, what, what do I have to do to be the best? <laughs> you gotta, I, you gotta you, sweat. To, you gotta to, work. To train them is your cause. <laughs> Some Pokemon are going to have to die. I, yeah, I mean, you know, sacrifices have to be made to be the best. Pseudo Widow is going to have to burn a lot. Yeah. You, just, you, just, you just gut a Pidgeot to, to Arceus. <laughs> well, see, that's what. <laughs> That's oh, one of the most going like we're going recent generations too. Our game actually takes place uh, 36, 37 years after the original game, so everything that's happened so far is still in play. I think it has everything up to black and white. I didn't have time to include X and Y. X is our game master for that extremely broken fan made system. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really think we need to readdress that system before we even start playing again. <laughs> it is so freaking broken. I mean, because if you can imagine, like playing Pokemon. Since it's a video game, there's a lot of math involved with every single bit of combat. Well, they yeah, did, yeah. decided not to dumb that down in any way <laughs> for the tabletop. And so every single time I want to generate a Pokemon, it mm-hmm. takes like a half hour. And it's like, that's cool. When the character is making their Pokemon, they're all excited about it. But I'm yeah. like, okay, I now need to just make like five Rattatas. Oh. <laughs> five Rattata problem. That's a bad day when you gotta make five Rattatas. <laughs> the game itself is liberating because because we can actually explore the world of Pokemon in a realistic manner. So people die, Pokemon get injured, and things are kind of fucked up generally. No, yeah, the game actually has rules for Pokemon death. So it's Pokemon don't just pass out. They don't faint. Yeah. Right. I mean, what is the do. proper disposal of a Pokemon when it does? Well, you take it to the Pokemon Tower. Exactly. And then you, put, then you go to the bathroom, you put it in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you say your goodbyes and you flush it. And you all hum taps. <laughs> Unless you have a kazoo. Then that's yeah. <laughs> so wait, all Pokemon just become spirits and endlessly wander the earth? Some Pokemon become other Pokemon when they die. That's true. A ghastly would. There's a recent theory that when a Clefairy dies, it becomes a ghastly that eventually becomes a Gengar. That's so sad. Does it have unfinished business or what? I hope so, because Gengar is the best Pokemon. (laughs) You guys are nerds. (laughs) I haven't flirted much with the more recent Pokemon games, but uh, I was recently dazzled by the fucking Ghost Appliance Pokemon. Oh, Rodom. He's actually really overpowered, and I get really upset whenever I see him. What is he, a toaster? He's a, he turns into a toaster, a TV, and a microwave. What? Which is the same thing. That's bullshit. And a washing machine, and a fan, and there's a, it's, it's like practically yeah. like unknown. It's just, hey, go into a room, look at an appliance. Oh yeah, there's probably a Rotom of that. 
So while we're already on the topic of Pokemon, I would be remiss. How did this I would be remiss if we did not talk about Twitch plays Pokemon. Have you guys seen that at all? I'm obsessed. Oh my gosh! For the listener that for some reason doesn't know about this, uh, forty thousand individuals at the exact same time are playing Pokemon together collaboratively. When I say collaboratively, I mean aggressively against each other. Against each inputs. other, like a Munchkin. Yeah. <laughs> 40,000 munchkins are playing this game. Are playing as one Pokemon character together. And everyone has a say on how the Pokemon trainer moves, which is horrible when you have the ability to accidentally get rid of your starter Pokemon. Yep. That's when I stopped watching. I got too much anxiety from that, and I just couldn't. Man, the most recent thing that happened, they actually made it to Cinnabar Island. They actually raised uh, Lord Helix... And oh, consulting the Helix fossil finally paid off. Yeah, Lord Helix is now even on the team. And wow. They made it to the uh the mansion on Cinnabar Island. And somehow all of the Pokemon except for one Pokemon had been passed out. That one Pokemon was poisoned, and they stood literally in front of the item that is the key to the gym, and that their main Pokemon passed out from poison. <laughs> <laughs> They were literally right in front of the key. So that's the kind of random crap that's happening on Twitch Plays. But it's, it is I, an amazing social experiment. I find it endlessly fascinating. I've, I've had to explain it to maybe three or four people <laughs> since it started. And every time I explain it, it sounds more like important. That was not the word I was expecting you to say. (laughs) They actually got somewhere, you know. I would, I would have been, I wouldn't have been shocked if they like never got past like the first patch of grass. Right. No, I was completely when I first when I first heard about it, they already gotten four gym badges, and I'm like, how? How do you guys ever heard heard of Mean World Syndrome? No. No. Maybe this is just like interesting to me but mean world syndrome is like the belief that like there's more bad in the world than there is good (laughs) because you know when you watch fox news or you know any i guess anything you put on you're just gonna assume that that the world is is an evil place and there's few good people i'm a big proponent of the opposite that the Mm. world is actually mostly good and that there's just a lot of there's a few bad apples that spoil the bunch and i just feel like that if you know if i had kids right now i would sit them down in front of twitch place pokemon be like just look Look how far they've got, even though they're just like 10 million assholes. <laughs> so hard to make point. it so hard for them. But they're doing it. They're getting through it. They're going to beat it. You know, Dad, I got school tomorrow. Let me go to bed. <laughs> you watch this. This is important. <laughs> this is history. This is our moon landing. <laughs> That's a thousand small steps for Ash in the wrong direction. <laughs> One huge leap for fuck it. I don't even know what it is. Lord Helix. <laughs> Lord Helix. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a big day. It's a big day for the whole world. It'll be a big day when they become champions. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, re- I really want to be watching that live. Yeah, when right. They, when they, you know, get to Gary or Blue or whatever, and it's just like, mm-hmm. boom. Because it's our victory as humans. Yes. Oh my God. Every victory. <laughs> I, I might be playing. Yeah, I'm you better. Yeah, you better join in. I want to see world leaders, you know, gathered around the televisions watching. Twitch plays Pokemon. I want to see like a pensive Obama, like that, like that uh, photo of the of the war room where he's where, where they're taking down Osama bin Laden. Yep. And they've all got their hands on their mouths. <laughs> watching, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Munchkins. I, I I think I think the Munchkin topic has resolved. If um if you would like to request a nerdy show microsode where we talk about what you want us to talk about for fifteen to thirty minutes or so then all you got to do is support Nerdy Show. We're a listener-supported podcast network, and if you time your donation just right, at every $100 mark, we give you the chance to decide what we will spend our time blabbing about. Chamber Band, Chris, Asar, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Can I just tell the internet to support you guys? Please, please. do it. And uh, uh, please support Chamber Band. All the essential <clears throat> links will be on this episode's page of Nerdy Show. www.google.com. <laughs> you go there and you type in Chamber Band. Yeah, you'll find we're the first 10, 10 things that we just tested it. We show up. No, if you go to chamberband.com, that'll have everything you need to find out. Type in chamber band, hit, I'm feeling lucky. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So uh, taking us out, we're going to be listening to one of my favorite songs from the record, Deities, Shapeshifter. Whenever, as someone asks, what do they sound like? 
Shapeshifter comes on. Fan tested. Mother nice. approved. <laughs> Mom approved. So if you were on the full circle, <laughs> if you were on the fence, now you'll know. Now you know what Chamber Band's all about. So which which girlfriend is Shapeshifter about? Oh my god. That <laughs> doesn't sound good. <laughs> I mean, none of them are really like, none of them are really good, right? Like, there's only one song that I'm the asshole. What song is that? Prophetic Heart. I'm the asshole on Prophetic Heart. I, I can never get past the, uh, she fits me like a plus two glove. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> I think it's just so good that I didn't like read the li- more lyrics. <laughs> just like, it's just like, I really want to say that to someone and then not get laid. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the right way i heard that line in my car and i did that laugh that you don't expect where um but you do expectorate so like i spat on my steering wheel back <laughs> i'm sorry man i'll pay for that <laughs> you owe me the cost of one paper towel <laughs> you'll get a very small check in the mail impossible to read <laughs> hey 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 this is cap from the present the first donations are in. Currently, the fan-made Mass Effect role-playing system is in the lead, thanks to Mauron. He said, is it folly? Is it dreams? I don't care. $30 on Mass Effect. Next in line is Star Wreck, thanks to Joshua Mayer, who says, here's some digital cash to show my thanks for the last two couple episodes of the Epic Piecast. Star Wreck also has five thanks to Garrier, who also bumped up the current third and fourth place choices, Dresden Files, and the game that Garrier added to the list, Fiasco. Of course, we have an even longer list of competitors in the RPG support drive. It's all up to you guys to decide what we play. Fiasco is a pretty unique RPG in which a group of people collaborate to basically create a film that never exists. Most times it's uh, films that are sort of comparable to the hectic, caper-gone-wrong nature of a Coen Brothers film. I haven't played it, but I've been wanting to for years, and Doug's played it a number of times. So we've published an RPG pitch where Doug tells you about the Fiasco campaigns he's played, and why you should pick Fiasco for our next RPG one-shot. Also, there's two new characters in the mix, a Dresden Files character created by Hex, and a brand new Star Wreck character created by Jonathan from Wicked Anime. Before I turn back into my past self, I gotta give a shout-out to the last donation of February, Barry I, who said, Monthly Nerdy Show Donation, keep being awesome. In February, we just, just barely made our monthly goal, with a total of $305, Thanks to Sean Lawlor, Brent Richard, Big Bad Shadow Man, Mr. J. Mir, Matthew Shoemaker, Cassie Muldrow, Gary Ur, Mauron, Elizabeth Parkhurst, Joe Barda, Dr. Zombie Pops, and Barry I. If you donate this month, we're taking something that was formerly a stretch goal from past months that wasn't met, and in honor of RPG Month, we're making that the perk for the month. That is outtakes from the Dungeons & Doritos Book 3 Prologue. It's about six minutes of cut material of our characters drunk and screwing around. If you make the stretch goal of 600, you unlock outtakes from our X-Files episode with Chris Carter and Joe Harris, and what might be the sexiest stretch goal for RPG Month, unless there's another stretch goal that needs to be added, $800, where you unlock outtakes from the brand new Dungeons & Doritos episode, Jailbreak, including a deleted sequence from Jamela's Diary, where she explains everything that's been going on between the Book 3 prologue and the latest chapter. So tell your friends, tell all your friends, and get in on the RPG support drive. If it's anything like last time, you guys will make those stretch goals no problem. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Hex. Bye, I'm Doug. Bye, I'm Josh. Bye, I'm Chris. Bye, I'm Acer. Here's Shapeshifter. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, well, Luna, I don't know what I should do. I don't know my own heart. I don't fit in my skin. I feel so skewed. She says she loves me. Why is she asking me to change? In familiar form. Into size like my own. Into a beastly shape And I was the raven who sky
I can't understand Why my own lover can't love me when I'm my own man Why I'm close to become A companion, a companion Alone is true Hope you hear my sylvan song I've been sleeping inside I've been burning the earth To make myself feel right That was the raven who scarred her scars She'd feel my black and feather Feeding her berries and corn my lies We look so good together When I changed back I gave her such a Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. We mean that. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com store, or directly donating to the network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes store, and for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. Woo! I don't know why I like making that noise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! It means you're pumped! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.